Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Good morning. It's Life Planning 101 right here on KATX and KWBY. Blakeney Hodges sitting in today for Terry Slavens. And we have a somewhat familiar face in studio with us today. Yes, I bet our listeners don't don't even know I've been doing all these shows remote for (laughs) for several weeks now. So, um, you know, it's been uh, exciting to be able to get back to Texas and uh, praise God for the great country we live in and the great state we live in and everything that we have here. It's just just an amazing uh, experience. But I don't want to waste another minute. We have an incredible show lined up right here on Life Planning 101 today. I know there's a lot of hype around the tax reform that happened last year. And, you know, we tried to get everybody, hey, plan, 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 plan. And and now everybody's really serious about it. But here it is, January. Um, We've made it through one year. And we thought there is no better way to be able to approach tax reform and to approach kind of the most common questions that have been asked, the biggest things that are being overlooked about tax reform, and then really what you really need to do um, because of tax reform, then to bring on an expert. So that's exactly what we did. We have a gentleman out of Abilene, Texas, and I tell you what, we've uh, we started working with this gentleman last year, and he's what we call a user-friendly uh, <laughs> professional. And what I mean by that is he plays team. Um, you know, and, and we always talk about on the show about the best service that you can get is um, having a team of professionals that will work together for you because more minds are better than one. And always. Yes. Always. And, and when you can bring in expertises in every area, that's just huge. So uh, we are so honored to be able to have this gentleman on the show with us. His name is Corey Kahutik, and he's from Kahutik and Company. PC over in Abilene, which is a registered and licensed Texas CPA firm. And um, he does all of the big country area and he does a lot of consulting services, uh, does both personal and business finances and taxes. But what makes Corey, I think, special is he's very client focused. He doesn't, um, you know, he's not just focused on the numbers, not just focused on pumping out a return or pumping out the documents or pumping out, you know, the accounting. He actually wants to work with people that want to engage with him. He wants yeah. that two-way street with his clients. And so, you know, he has put together a firm because what he's realized, he, he actually uh, has been 18 years in the industry. So he's, he's been doing this Got quite a, a while. A little bit of knowledge, right? <laughs> and, you know, what he's realized is that people want that relationship. And they also, because the technology, want it quicker and faster and better, right? Yeah. So he opened his own firm this last year. Congratulations to him. Nice. Um, so excited for him and that being the focus of his firm and his vision i love this i want to read this to you it's as we grow we will maintain our core values our core values include encouraging work-life balance maintaining a family-like and small filling firm i can't tell you how much we preach and teach that in our own firm Mm -hmm. promoting teamwork 
and open communication. So like I said, you know, he talks about the support that he can give his clients and uh, the industry is not only just his own expertise, but being able to be surrounded by good attorneys and good financial advisors to be able to help his clients the best that he can. His firm will attract and retain the best people and clients in the region, which uh, we know to be true. I was just asking him that before the show about how things were going in that regard. And he wants to be highly respected and sought after in the region as a firm that exceeds client expectations. You know, we always talk about under promise over deliver in our firm. And that's what we feel like we've gotten with our relationship out of Corey so far. So we are so honored to be able to have Mr. Corey Kahudik on the phone with us today. Thank you so much for being here and being our guest out of Abilene, Texas. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I know we got a lot to get to, and the first thing that we're going to go over, and we, we've got just a few minutes before the break to tackle one small, well, maybe one part of one question. <laughs> um, it's, not a, it's not a small question, but Corey, you know, you talk about this tax reform, and obviously that's all of the CPAs, accountants, financial professionals, attorneys, everybody who run for their money and have to basically redo their education over the last year, right? Sure. <laughs> so it's a major overhaul. It is a major overhaul. So what are some of the most common questions that you're being asked about tax reform? I think the, some of the most common questions we have are what we can deduct and what we can't deduct anymore. There's a lot of confusion. You know, I'll jump to one is, you know, the miscellaneous itemized deduction unreimbursed employee business expense, which is a miscellaneous itemized deduction. People don't really know what's going on there anymore. They don't know if they can deduct anything. They've heard something from their employer, and sometimes even the employer has changed the way they're getting paid now because they the employer knows they can't have that deduction anymore. So that alone has created a lot of confusion. And then probably the other question that I have, and we can go in, we'll go into depth on it later, is the Section 199A deduction, it gets co-mingled with the new corporate tax rate of 21%, and people automatically think they get the 21% right. no matter what. Um, they don't know if there's any planning. I think the biggest misconception I have is people come in and think, I get the 21%. I get, I get, you know, I get a 20% deduction, and I'm like, well, slow down. Let's, let's look at your situation first and see if it's applicable in your scenario. So that... Maybe the standard deduction changing, the 199A deduction, the standard deduction changing, and those miscellaneous itemized deductions, I'd say those three are the biggest things. three big hot topics. Yeah, which which take the most work to relearn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in fact, before this show, I kind of refreshed myself because, you know, it's not something that we've been practicing or thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned, you know, those unreimbursed job expenses. Yes, I, we want to jump into Section 199A, no doubt. But mm -hmm. let's back up to that for a minute because, you know, we work with a lot of W-2 employees that are high up in their companies, their executives, or, you know, they work off of commissions, right? Mm -hmm. And they are all client focused and there there's a lot of those unreimbursed expenses sure. that have been Travel, showing meals yes. and entertainment you know yes personal use of i mean business use of the mobile phone even sometimes there's home offices i think the biggest unreimbursed business expense that i see is mileage wow you know business use of the vehicle and so then we take the mileage take the standard rate but that's usually a huge number 
And I think it's going to catch a lot of clients off guard. I think it is, too. You know, and I do know, um, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about is the ideas around 2019 and what you can do. But, you know, this is an area that if you have been deducting these personal expenses for business, you really need to be working with somebody and looking at alternative ways to be able to fix that. And I'll just give you an example. Um, we've got one client I, I know for a fact has had about uh, $35,000 to $40,000 of these deductions a year. And she is in a state that has state tax rate and federal income tax rate. So now, <laughs> you know, you're above 50%. So she's mm. going to lose, you know, 15,000 bucks oh, on her taxes. That'll be noticeable. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be noticeable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you think it's not big, it's really big. So if you're one of those, you definitely need to be, be looking at that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, you wrote down something else for me, entertainment expenses. Right. Um, this was a lot of hype. In fact, we did a couple shows questioning, you know, Mills and Entertainment because that's, mm-hmm. I mean, most business owners, my goodness. I mean, every time they take a client out, what do they do? Entertainment. Right it off. Yeah, right. You know? So so what is the guidance around that? I know we've had some clarification. What, what has actually happened there? Well, you know, I think at first everybody was thinking, well, we can't deduct any more Mills and Entertainment. And that's just going to be a non-deductible expense going forward. The summer, the IRS has issued a little further guidance and said, okay, well, we can deduct meals, but not the entertainment. So if the meals directly, if you, you and a client go to lunch, you can deduct the cost of your meal if you talk about the business. If you go to the Texas Rangers game, that ticket cost, you can no longer deduct. That would have been an entertainment cost. We can no longer deduct that. The hot dog? I think you call it a meal. The all-you-can-eat <laughs> seats? <laughs> yeah. And so the problem is going to come is because, you know, clients aren't used to having to split that out. And so most of the time when we're looking at income statements, we see one line item called meals and entertainment. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we usually put, you know, the way we enter that in on a tax return, it takes 50% of it. Well, now we got to have it split out. Yeah. And so if we're going backwards and trying to look into that meals and entertainment detail account, well, how do we know what was a meal? How do we know what was entertainment? So I think it's going to be a lot of confusion there. There's probably going to be lost deductions. Probably. There's probably going to be some errors made. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, we're we're doing everything in retrospect for 2018. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee mm-hmm. there's been a ton of people that haven't taken the time to do that. So you might want to start on your taxes early yeah, <laughs> so, right. so, to go back and, and try to reconvene. And, you know, another one that was kind of shocking to me, is a, and this really was shocking, is that, um, you know, you used to be able to buy your employees' meals for 100% deduction. And, of course, that's gone to 50%. That's right. Um, and I think that's going to be a shocker for people, too, because they there's a lot of businesses that do a lot for their employees. So <laughs> when we come back, um, we've got more. We're Again, thank you, Corey Kahutik. We greatly appreciate Kahutik and Company uh, for sharing you this morning because we know your time is very valuable this time <laughs> of year. And uh, we've got some great information on Section 199A, the biggest things that are often overlooked about tax reform, and we're going to get into that, and then some ideas ideas to take away for 2019 that you don't want to miss. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome back into Life Planning 101 right here on KATX and KWBY. Angela Robinson just just going to jump in, dive in head first. We're talking, well, taxes. Taxes, tax reform, changes. And we have a very special guest, Mr. Corey Kahudik with Kahudik & Company over in the big country area. Very client-focused, planning-focused um, CPA firm that you know can help their their clients in all kinds of areas, from accounting services to complete back office accounting outsources. You know they do advisory services and the teamwork approach, which we love with the other professionals, whether it be financial advisors and their attorneys or whoever it may be. And you know they just do a great job, and we're really excited to have Mr. Kudik on the phone with us today to be able to go over some. Some of these big changes about tax reform that eh, may be a may may be a too big a surprise um, to come you know come find you for 2018, but you might be able to get some things done for 2019. But you mentioned something, Corey, before the break about one of the common maybe not even a question but just misconceptions is really around the you know what the what the tax reform was mainly about which was you know giving the c corps their 21 percent flat tax rate and then the section 199a for all these other businesses that aren't c corps just so that they had something fair (laughs) of like kind right and it was supposed to be simple (laughs) <laughs> I think it's anything but simple, and that's to your point, that no one really understands what's going on with that. So can you give us kind of a big picture of what exactly Section 199A really is and who it applies to? Okay. So I guess first I'll back up just a second. You know, these clients, they're all thinking, oh, well, we get 20%. Or, you know, we've heard this new rate. We're going to benefit from it. Or... The conception is, well, we've got to convert our company to a C-corporation to get the 21% flat tax rate. And so I back up and say, well, no, you don't have to. And I don't advise that. I don't move, you know, unless it's the right scenario, right. move into a C-corp just for the 21% tax. There's some scenarios that maybe it'd be worthwhile. But I would say the majority of the time, it's we're just going to stay put. If you've got a regular flow-through entity or a business, then you're going to get this, what we're calling the Section 199A deduction. And it's a very complex deduction, very complex calculation. I don't think anybody 100% understands it, um, especially until we see it on the tax forms and see exactly how it's fixing the work. But I think I've got a good handle on it, and I kind of think I know what it's fixing to look like on those tax forms. But until we check on the tax forms, I'm not 100% sure. Right. So what the what the 199A deduction is, um, depending on what kind of business you have, if it's a you know service business or not, there's two calculations. Let's talk service business first, and what they've described as a service business, and I'll read it exactly: it's any trade or business involving the performance of services in the field of health, law, accounting science, performing arts, consulting, athletics, financial services, brokerage services, or any trade or business where the principal asset of such trade or business is the reputation or skill of one or more of its employees. You can definitely Accounting tell office. a regulator wrote that. I'm just <laughs> yeah. It's pretty long and it's pretty full. You know, doctor's office, accounting office, a financial advisor, insurance. 
those would be services. That would be a qualified service. Yeah, yeah, consulting, if, any type of any type of thing. Really, the second definition I think fits it better, where the the actual trader business is the reputation. There's not a product in a correct. sense. Correct. You You're not selling a product. Right, and you need to you need to question it. I mean, there might be cases that you actually don't don't apply, but you if you are not selling an actual physical good, you need to be talking to your CPA. Right. <laughs> That's and the so thing. What's going to catch a lot of people by surprise is they say, okay. You know, I'm a doctor, and I get I get the twenty percent deduction. Well, oh, probably not, because there's if you have what they're calling the specified service trader business, then there's income limitations, and it's based on your taxable income. And so, if we'll talk a married couple, and so if if you have a married couple, and their income is three hundred fifteen, their taxable income is three hundred fifteen thousand or below, yes, they're going to get the deduction. If it's between three hundred fifteen thousand and four hundred fifteen thousand, the deduction phases out. At four hundred, you know, in excess of four hundred fifteen thousand, no deduction. Wow. It's completely phased out. Wow. So there's planning involved. Obviously, if you're on the bubble, the bubble meaning three hundred fifteen thousand to four hundred fifteen thousand, there's planning involved. Hey, maybe we need to do something to get us under that so we get the twenty percent deduction. The twenty percent deduction is not. 20, it's, it's 20% of the qualified business income. So that's kind of another calculation. Yeah, yeah. And if you're over that 14, you definitely need to see if you can do something. Correct. Um, you know, we, we see people all the time nearing retirement that this is actually the perfect opportunity to help get Uncle Sam to help you put dollars back for your future. Right. So Maybe huge. we fund an SEP account, put 50 grand in it, gets us down below it. So we're going to save the tax on the 50 grand that we just put into the SEP account. And then we're going to get the 20% deduction also. So that would be a big move. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we ran out of time. We're going to hit the rest of the Section 199A right after this break. And we're going to talk about the biggest things that are often overlooked that you make sure you want to be able to know before 2019. When we come back on Life Planning 101. Welcome in third and final segment here this terrific Tuesday morning, Life Planning 101. We're talking taxes with Angela and Corey. Yes, Corey Kahudik out of uh, Kahudik and Company in the big country area. So grateful to have uh, this Texas CPA firm with us this morning to go over this huge thing called tax reform that was supposed to simplify everything, but actually messed up everything. And speaking on that note, um, we've talked about a lot today, but make sure um, to follow us on Twitter, get onto our website, kennedy-financial.com. If you contact us and say you want one night section 199A clarified or section 199A or the most common questions, we've got um, some great information, newsletters to be able to pass out to you that details a lot of what we're talking about today out. And we're happy to be able to, uh, to share that with all of our listeners. So without further ado, I want to get back to Corey because he was explaining this crazy thing called Section 199A. We kind of went over the uh, service business aspect and the fact that if you're in one of those businesses, you need to be talking to your CPA. But what about those non-service businesses, Corey? Everybody else on the table, what are they up against that's, that's not a C-Corp? So if you're not a service business, you're selling something, you're selling shoes, then there's no income limit. But the calculation gets more complex. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> leave so, it at that. There's no income limit. <laughs> you know, you know, if you so I guess my advice to those type clients and taxpayers that 
don't have the specified service business that aren't going to have be subject to the income limit, you need to get in front of your CPA. There's probably some planning to be done, you know, because the calculation, like I said, gets more complicated. Right. It's all of a sudden based on wages. There's a calculation based on your W-2 wages, not yours, but the company's, as well as your assets, your unadjusted basis of your assets. So it's hard to nail it down, but maybe maybe there's some planning involved where, hey, let's back off on wages. Let's get our net income up higher so we get the bigger deduction. Yeah, and, you know, that's a funny thing you said that because I've, I've thought about that. I thought, you know, I bet there's a bunch of people that do the same thing they've done every year. They go buy a bunch of stuff at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they hurt themselves mm-hmm. on this new deduction. So crazy. That's right. Backwards and way that's of thinking. exactly what I was telling a client probably a couple of weeks ago, I said, well, you know, you can go buy these assets. Don't buy them just for tax motive, but if you need them, buy them. And then what we may do, instead of just doing the automatic Section 179 where we write the asset off, well, maybe we don't want to do that. Maybe we want to slow down on the depreciation, increase the income, get more more 20% 199A deduction, save that depreciation. Wow. So it's going to be a case-by-case scenario. What does the client want and need? what's their cash flow look like, and then let's maximize the tax side of it. Right. To, to quote you, I think after all the dust settles, clients are going to be more confused than ever. <laughs> and no I love that. know what's going on. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> what can so. we deduct? We can't deduct anything anymore. Yeah. So the bottom line is, of course, to obviously plan. Work with your CPA. Work with your advisors. Work with your attorney and get things the way they need to be done. Because remember, right. this isn't permanent either. And people forget that. So if you make permanent changes to your structure of your business, you may be setting yourself up for big time failure because we have no idea what's going to happen after all of this. That's so, right. Um, one last thing I want to touch on because we've only got about a minute left on the show, but you wrote out, down something that people are often overlooking, and I think this is a big one, is personal exemptions. They're gone. Right. Taxpayers with kids are going to feel it. But we get a, you know, we double the standard deduction. So that's going to help offset some of that. So it just depends on the scenario. If you were, if you had four kids, you're going to feel it for sure. Right. You just lost those exemptions. Wow. But but They're you do get that. They, yeah. They top. Double the, the child tax credit. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're chorus upper, but but they did a nice job of making sure that income limit was pretty high. So right. Um, but again, I think don't take anything at face value. Would you agree with that this year? Um, sure. You know, take extra time. Don't try to rush to get things in last minute. Um, you you may agree with this. It may be worth filing an extension, even if it's the first time, just to make sure that you've got everything, all your ducks in a row, especially That's for right. those business owners. So um, and let, let your CPAs have the freedom to do their job. You know, I always say that because they're rushing between January and April. So, you know, we appreciate you, Corey, so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Uh, right here well, on Life for Planning. Me. Absolutely. Right here on Life Planning 101, Corey Kahootik with Kahootik and Company in the big country area. Thank you again. And God bless everyone. Have a great week. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services right here on Life Planning 101.
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.